Warning, this week's podcast is family-friendly. Parental or guardianal discretion is always advised. But most children will survive listening to this week's story. You are listening to the Literary Comedy Podcast. Stories of comedy, tragedy, and time. Ing. Hello and welcome to Chapter 12 of A Dragon for George, a friendly for most of the family novel about a 12-year-old boy and his pet dragon who may or may not be from another dimension. Last time, a number of pursuers cornered George and Lorne the dragon in an alley. But the damsel showed up just in time to help our quote-unquote, depending on how you define the term heroes, escape into the storm tunnels beneath the city. And now, Chapter 12 of A Dragon for George. The damsel's headlamp was their only light as they trudged through the storm tunnels, filled with leaves rotting at the bottom of a slippery stream of muck, seeping through George's running shoes, freezing his feet. He could not be happier. Max had heard him. The damsel was back to help with his quest. The damsel must have been on many adventures since they'd last met. Perhaps years had passed for her, or perhaps only an instant. Perhaps years and an instant are one and the same for enchanted beings such as she. It stinks in here, she said. Yet thou hast trudged through in order to rescue us, George said. We shall forever be indebted. You'd better be. You're lucky to have me looking up for you. Lorne loved the smell of the storm tunnel, rotting and stinky but she kept as far to the side as possible, howling at any sign of running water. Since running water is the whole point to a storm tunnel, that meant a lot of howling. Quiet now, Lorne, George said softly. Then to the damsel, What dost thou think of Lorne for the dragon's name? It's fine, she said. I have commenced with training her said George, but I wouldst appreciate any counsel thou mayest have. I keep telling you, the damsel said, she's your dragon, you figure it out. So she truly is mine? George asked. She's following you, isn't she? I have rescued her a number of times, said George, and she hath rescued me a larger number of times. Then you're each other's said the damsel, ascending stone steps. I hope you two are very happy together. The damsel opened a small door, leading George and Lorne through it. The damsel turned off her headlamp and flicked on fluorescence, lining the walls of a long concrete room with old rusted pipes and ducts crisscrossing every which way. The damsel turned off her headlamp and flicked on fluorescence, lining the walls of a long, concrete room with old rusted pipes and ducts crisscrossing every which way. In an inconspicuous corner lay an electric lantern, a sleeping bag, and a cereal box. Hardly anyone ever comes down here, the damsel said, grabbing a handful of cereal and eating it. And it's uh, easy to escape on the off chance they do. I do not wish to wait. George said, petting Lorne's neck. She flicked her tongue. I want to continue my quest right away if thou canst help me. Your quest, said the damsel slowly, to avenge your brother. Yeah, 
have a little patience with that. Okay, said George, breathing deliberately, forcing out his impatience with the carbon dioxide. Whatever thou dost ask, I shall do. For thou truly were sent by Max from another realm. Thou truly were a damsel in distress when I found thee. Thou truly hast... Hold up, said the damsel, chewing the cereal. You can call me a damsel if you like, but I'm not in distress anymore. Thou art probably in some distress, George said. Everyone is. You're in far more distress than me, she said, swallowing. George couldn't argue with that. Plus, I have a name. She snatched an old towel, draped over one of the pipes. I did suspect as much, George said. What is thy... It's Theodra. How's that for a damsel's name? It shall have to do, George said. The point is that thou hast returned to aid my quest. Your quest, she said, pushing the towel into George's hands, is to find the mop sink in the corner of this room and wash the grime off you. She handed him a pair of pajamas, or rather, a mismatched top and bottom four pajamas. You can change into these after. Ah, yes, George said. Very wise. I must deal with the problem in front of me before completing the larger one. There's soap there, too. Lorne followed George to the large square sink lying on the floor. They both took huge drinks of water before George got down to business, rinsing himself and his clothes. The water was cold, no matter which way he turned the tap. But George would endure anything for the damsel named Deidre. He dried himself and got into his pajamas, which were far too big for him. He had to hold the pajama bottoms secure with one hand while he used his other hand to drape his wet clothes over the hot pipe. It'll dry pretty quick, said Deidre. This place is like an airing cupboard. The damsel had prepared blankets for George to sleep under. There's a cushion under them from an old folding chair, she said. I acquired the pillow that way, too. It's a bit... grody, but it's all I can offer. Tis to me the finest bed in all of Christendom said George, sitting down on the blankets. The cushion sagged onto the concrete floor beneath. Stop talking like that already, said the damsel, sitting down on her sleeping bag. It's weird. Tis the way for squires and knights to speak, said George. Oh, tis it? I'm the wise magical damsel from another realm. I say you should speak like a normal person. George got under the blankets. Lauren lay down beside him, resting her head upon his belly. I'm sorry for speaking oddly, said George. Max liked to speak like that when we were pretending to be from medieval times. Max isn't here, though, said Deidre. Too true, said George, laying his head upon his pillow and closing his eyes, which he worked very hard to keep from tearing up. I didn't mean it like that, Deidre said. George shut his eyes tighter, hoping this might stop tears from forming but it had the opposite effect. Stop crying, said Deidre. As your damsel, I order you to stop crying. I'm trying to stop, George said. That's making it worse. He is here, okay, said Deidre. He's here in your heart. And he's guiding the quest, George said, opening his eyes to look at her. Totes, said Deidre, patting George on the shoulder. He's the whole reason for the quest. It'll be okay, kid. 
Your damsel's here to help with your distress. She got into her sleeping bag. Listen to her when she tells you to get some sleep. She took a long stick from beside her sleeping bag to hit the light switch. The room went dark like only a windowless room underground truly can. Or a cave. Or the bottom of the deepest part of the ocean. Or an exceptionally good blindfold. Or intergalactic space. But you get the idea. Now that George wasn't trying not to cry, he stopped crying. He felt exhausted and relieved to have let the tears out, and soon was able to drift off to sleep. How long he slept, he couldn't say, because when he opened his eyes again, it was exactly as dark as before. But he did feel a whole lot less tired. You said it would be today at the latest, whispered Deidre, her voice echoing from the distance. Not tonight. Today. That was the deal. Ah, fine. Deidre flicked her headlamp on, aiming it directly downward so as not to give off too much light. Who were you speaking to? George asked as the light approached him. Uh, faraway lands, said Deidre, flicking the fluorescent lights back on. What is your realm like? asked George. Deidre sighed, sitting down on her sleeping bag. It's fine. Whatever. Don't worry about it. You've got a big day ahead of you. Yes, said George, taking his clothes off the pipe. They were warm and dry. Today, we complete my quest. We're not going to the high school then? asked George. It seemed like they'd been trudging for miles and in the wrong direction. The police are waiting for you there. How do you know? George asked. He also answered, Because you're magic. No, Deidre said, looking back at George. I know because you've been sloppy, asking around. I only asked the wrinkled lady at the store, George said as they walked past a waterfall. Lorne howled at it. You shouldn't have even asked her, Deidre said, examining the waterfall. She pointed them up a new tunnel, away from the waterfall, much to Lorne's relief. You've got to be sneaky about these sorts of things. Knights aren't supposed to be sneaky, said George. It's not chivalrous. Who says? Deidre blinded George with her headlamp when she turned back to look at him. George shielded his eyes. The damsel apologized, turning away from him. There's a code, George said, his eyes readjusting to the lack of light. I follow it, mostly. Max taught me all about it, but surely you know that. Surely, said Deidre. She led them up the tunnels for a while in silence that she finally broke by asking, How do you plan to complete your quest? You're supposed to tell me, George said. I'd like to hear it from you. Deidre said. What do you think the quest is? Lorne and I shall get justice for Max, said George. Okay, said Deidre, as Lorne hissed at the air. But how exactly? Maybe I don't understand the question, said George, bending down to pet Lorne. He cooed at her. She continued to hiss. It's a test, or whatever, Deidre said, leading them into a small side tunnel. She had to stoop to proceed. 
What does bringing that kid to justice look like exactly? Lorne and I will meet the fiend. Don't call him a fiend, Deidre said, blinding George again when she looked at him. This time she didn't apologize. He's a kid, like you are. He's almost 17, said George, blinking. That's a kid, kid, said Deidre. It's plenty old enough to be a fiend, George said, able to see again. Fine, said Deidre, blinding him again. George thought she might be doing that on purpose. She kept the light on him as she continued. But what are you planning to do to him with your dragon? What's your plan exactly? To burn him to death? That sounds pretty awful. We're not going to kill him, said George, shielding his eyes. Lauren's also good at clawing people. That also sounds awful, said Deidre, turning her light onto Lorne, who closed her eyes and flicked her tongue. George hadn't really considered exactly how to achieve justice, just that he was meant to and that Lorne was meant to help him. You're the magical damsel from a land far, far away. I will listen to your counsel. I counsel you to give up. Is this part of the test? said George. I will never give up. I swore to Max. Lorne hissed and snapped at Deidre, who backed off, raising her arms submissively. Lorne lunged for the light. Lorne, no, George said forcefully. Lorne flapped her wings, gliding to the other side of the tunnel and then back to George's feet. She hissed at Deidre one last time and then sat back down. She listens to me, George said proudly. Even on about how you need tips from me, said Deidre. She's been getting better and better, George said. She will definitely listen to me when we meet Johnny. Definitely? How do you know? Deidre said. Because it all fits, George said. Finding the egg, finding the sword. You showing up just when I asked Max for help. I have a quest that is good, just, and true. Light danced around the tunnels as Deidre shook her head. She turned and walked away from George. George's eyes took longer to adjust this time. When he could finally see again, Deidre was far up the tunnel. By the time George had caught up with her, they were in a grand tunnel with a narrow ledge beside a torrent of rushing water so loud it almost drowned out Lorne's howls. I don't understand, George said. Did I fail your test? What do you think? As Deidre turned to look at George, she slipped on slime, falling toward the torrent of water. Save her, Lorne, George said. The dragon leapt into action. She caught Deidre, spread her wings, and glided back to the safety of the ledge. She's a good girl. Good girl. Good girl, George said, rubbing Lorne around the ears as she purred and flicked her tongue. Deidre breathed in and out rapidly, wincing because any sort of breathing in a storm tunnel is remarkably unpleasant. You're right, Deidre said. She's a better dragon than you'd expect. Deidre pointed her headlamp to a metal ladder to George's right. The grate here is loose. Go through it. Walk to the building on your right. You'll find the kid you're looking for. Come on, Lauren, George said as he took hold of a rung at chest level, cold to the touch. The dragon wagged her tail and flicked her tongue, grabbing the nearest rung to her. 
No, said Deirdre. The dragon, she hesitated a moment to look at Lorne. The dragon stays with me. But we were meant to go together, George said. I say you're not, Deirdre said. I'm your wise and all-knowing damsel that started you off on this quest in the first place, so you'd better listen to me. George tried to look Deirdre in the eyes, but was blinded by her headlamp. He'd do anything she asked, wouldn't he? She had set him on this quest. She had earned his trust. He should trust her. Of course he should trust her. He bent down to Lorne's level. Stay here, he told his dragon. This lady will keep you safe till I get back. I swear it. George pulled himself up a rung. Lorne did the same. George looked at her as he held up one of his fingers. Stay, he said. Lorne whimpered, but took her claw off the ladder. George climbed to the top, looking back at Lorne and Deidre one last time before pushing the grate up and entering an alley in a rough part of town. People who hadn't shaved or showered or changed their clothes in days wandered the streets. George looked to his right like Deidre had shown him. He saw a line of people in front of the door to a large cafeteria. George walked past the line. No budging, said the guy at the front. I, um, I was told to come here, said George. The door inched open. We'll be ready for you all in five to ten, said a sandy-haired teenager. George's heart beat fast, but the rest of him stood frozen. It was him. It was Johnny. You have been listening to Chapter 12 of A Dragon for George. If you liked the show, please rate, review, subscribe, give it some love, on and offline. And, as always, bless you, keep you, and take good care.